0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of tonic-clonic or grand mal seizures, found under the neurology section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 78-year-old man presents to the emergency department for a headache. He is accompanied by his wife, who reports that his headache progressively worsened over the course of weeks. He does not have a history of headaches. Physical exam is normal. A CT of the head without contrast demonstrates subdural hematomas. Neurosurgery was consulted and determined that the intracranial bleeds were stable, but he was admitted to the hospital due to confusion in the setting of a newly found urinary tract infection. After a few days of admission, he had a witnessed generalized tonic-clonic seizure, prompting him to be treated with benzodiazepines let's continue with an introduction to tonic-clonic or grand mal seizures. This is defined as a seizure presentation characterized by body stiffening and rhythmic jerking movements. In terms of the etiology, it can begin as a partial seizure that secondarily generalizes, and it may be due to bilateral hemispheric seizures. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms and physical exam findings of the tonic phase include muscle stiffness, Abdominal contraction, forcing air through the vocal cords, producing a cry or groan, loss of consciousness and falling to the ground, and a tongue or cheek bite may occur. In the clonic phase, there may be rhythmic jerking of the extremities. These seizures typically last one to three minutes, and the patient subsequently becomes confused and drowsy, referred to as a postictal state. In terms of further imaging, an MRI of the brain with and without contrast is indicated to evaluate for structural lesions producing a seizure focus. In terms of further studies, patients presenting with a first-time seizure should be evaluated with serum electrolytes, a complete blood count, glucose, and a urine toxicology screen prior to further testing. An electroencephalogram is indicated as part of the initial evaluation of patients presenting with a first-time seizure, and a lactate may be elevated due to muscle contraction, which will self-resolve. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about psychogenic non-epileptic seizures, with differentiating factors being that most seizure episodes are in front of a witness. The seizures do not occur during sleep, and there is a variable and asynchronous muscle movement. Also think about a migraine with an aura, with differentiating factors being that patients typically have a pulsatile or throbbing headache. In terms of further treatment. Medical options include anti-epileptic drugs. This is started in patients who are at an increased risk of seizure recurrence. Remember to first address treatable causes of seizures, such as hypoglycemia. And the choice of AED depends on a number of factors, such as the side effects profile, cost, and comorbid conditions. Another option is corticotropin, or ACTH. This is used in the treatment of West syndrome, which has a triad of infantile spasms which are stereotyped tonic-clonic seizures in infants, hips arrhythmia, and developmental regression. And lastly, complications related to grand mal seizures include behavioral and cognitive alterations, aspiration, and head strike. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to tonic-clonic or grand mal seizures, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 48-year-old man presents to the emergency department after a seizure that lasted for three minutes. He was found in his bed by his roommate, unresponsive, and rhythmically moving all four extremities. The patient has no history of seizures, neurologic, or psychiatric conditions. Upon arrival, the patient is lethargic but answers questions appropriately. Temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 130 over 90, pulse is 89 beats per minute, and respirations are 16 breaths per minute. On physical exam, his pupils are equal, round, and reactive to light and accommodation. He has 5 out of 5 strength in all extremities and 2 plus symmetric deep tendon reflexes. Electrolytes, glucose, and complete blood count are ordered. What is the most appropriate next step in management? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Computed tomography of the brain. Choice 2, electroencephalogram. Choice 3, intravenous lorazepam. Choice 4, lumbar puncture. Or Choice 5, urine toxicology. The best answer to this question is Choice 5, urine toxicology. This patient with no prior seizure history presents with a three minute generalized tonic clonic seizure with rhythmic movements of all four extremities with loss of consciousness of unclear cause. Urine toxicology is the most appropriate next step, including other labs such as serum electrolytes, complete blood count, and glucose. A first-time seizure can be caused by a multitude of factors, including electrolyte or glucose disturbances, structural brain lesions, infection, stroke, trauma, and recreational substances or poisons. Initial diagnostic workup involves basic serum labs, including a complete blood count, complete metabolic panel, most importantly, sodium, calcium, and magnesium, and urine toxicology to determine the provoking cause. Depending on clinical suspicion, the patient then undergoes neuroimaging, such as with a CT or MRI, as well as EEG or lumbar puncture. If the patient presents with recurrent or persistent seizures, then the patient is treated with benzodiazepines such as lorazepam, with or without other antiepileptic drugs such as phosphophenytoin and levetiracetam. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. CT of the brain can be helpful in identifying structural causes for a first-time seizure and is typically done first in the acute setting to rule out acute intracranial pathology. However, it is not appropriate to order it prior to obtaining basic labs, including urine toxicology. Of note, magnetic resonance imaging of the brain has higher sensitivity for structural causes and would be ordered after a CT of the brain in an emergent setting or as the primary imaging modality in a non-emergent setting. Choice two. EEG can be used after basic labs and imaging has been performed to rule out biochemical, infectious, and structural causes of seizure. It is not appropriate at this stage of the workup. Choice three. IV lorazepam can be used to treat someone actively seizing or in status epilepticus, defined as a seizure that lasts for 5 or more minutes or incomplete recovery of consciousness between 2 or more recurrent seizures. This patient was recovering from a seizure that lasted 3 minutes and does not need IV lorazepam at this time. Choice 4. Lumbar puncture may be performed if the patient's symptoms suggest an infectious origin such as meningitis or encephalitis. This patient, although he has a slightly higher temperature, does not have a fever, neck stiffness, or focal deficits. Additionally, lumbar punctures can be dangerous if a mass is present in the brain and should be performed after brain imaging. Finally, a bullet summary. Patients presenting with a first time seizure should be evaluated with serum electrolytes, complete blood count, glucose, and a urine toxicology screen prior to further testing. For the second question, Consider the following clinical scenario. A 56-year-old woman presents to the emergency department following a seizure episode. She has a remote history of tonic-clonic seizures. However, her seizures have been well-controlled on valproate, with no seizure episodes occurring over the past 12 years. She was weaned off of valproate four months ago. Her temperature is 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 122 over 80, pulse is 85 beats per minute, respirations are 15 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Exam reveals her to be lethargic and somewhat confused. She is moving all extremities spontaneously. Her mucous membranes appear moist and she does not demonstrate any skin tenting. Laboratory values are ordered which demonstrate an arterial blood gas with a pH of 7.21 partial pressure of oxygen of 99, partial pressure of carbon dioxide of 20, and a bicarbonate of 10. The patient's initial serum chemistries in CBC are otherwise unremarkable, except for the bicarbonate as indicated previously, and the ECG demonstrates normal sinus rhythm. Which of the following is the next best step in management for the patient's acid-base status? And the answer choices are choice 1, dialysis, choice 2, intubation, choice 3, normal saline, choice 4, observation, or choice 5, sodium bicarbonate. The best answer to this question is choice 4, observation. This patient just had a seizure and is post-ictal and is demonstrating an arterial blood gas suggestive of an anion gap acidosis. This is likely from an increased lactate from the seizure, which should clear on its own spontaneously. post lactic acidosis is caused by increased lactic acid production in muscle and decreased uptake of lactate by the liver. The increased lactic acid production in muscle is due to the vigorous contraction of muscles that accompanies tonic-clonic seizures. During this contraction, muscle tissue activates anaerobic metabolism because oxygen demand outpaces oxygen supply to the muscle. This results in anaerobic glycolysis, which produces lactic acid as a byproduct. Patients who are post-ictal with a lactic acidosis need to only be observed as their mental status and lactate should normalize on their own. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Dialysis would be indicated for severe electrolyte abnormalities or an acidosis that will not resolve on its own. This patient's lactate and acid base status has a known etiology and it will resolve on its own. Choice 2. Intubation could be indicated for a respiratory acidosis secondary to respiratory failure. This patient is actually hyperventilating appropriately to correct their acid-base status. Choice 3. Normal saline may help to clear a lactic acidosis if it is secondary to poor perfusion and dehydration. This patient's wet mucous membranes and normal dermatologic exam suggest that she is well hydrated and does not need any fluids. Choice 5. Sodium bicarbonate is generally not the preferred method of treating an abnormal acid base status. Rather, the underlying etiology should be treated, and only severe or refractory cases should be treated with sodium bicarbonate. Sodium bicarbonate might be appropriate for treating hyperkalemia, which would present with peak T-waves or QRS widening on ECG. Finally, a bullet summary. A lactic acidosis after a seizure is a normal finding and normalizes on its own. That's all for this review about tonic-clonic or grand mal seizures. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app